Hi everybody, it's Jill. And this is Mel. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. Welcome back everybody. Hey Mel. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? It's going. It's going. So we've decided that we should just do like a fun episode where we talk about our favorite things from 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Because 2023 like kind of was a good year. Not from like a world view, but from a geek view... Like, from a content standpoint of, like, media we've consumed, it's been a pretty damn good year. Pretty damn good year. Yes. Yes. So, I guess let's... Where should we start? Where should we start? I mean, like, I feel like for me, because I recently hit my Goodreads goal of 100 books this year... Congratulations. Very excited. Um, I will not lie to every anyone. I did read probably 30 to 40 novellas. So like if you don't count novellas as books, and I didn't, but I count them as books. So they're books. There's that. Um so I I my brain immediately goes to books because I read a lot of really good books this year. Okay, like let's hear. Lot. Let's hear your favorites. So, I will say, like, the first book of the year that, like, got me jazzed was I read two biographies. Normally, I read read a lot of fiction this year. I normally read a a lot more nonfiction, but I read Spare, and I'm glad my mom died. So Spare is Harry, uh, like, Prince Harry's memoir. Oh, I remember. I read it. You did? I did. Um... And I'm glad my mom died is Jeanette McCurdy's, um, her memoir, and it's a very intentionally provocative title. Um, they were both really good and very insightful, for sure. But I would say the first fiction book that got me was a book called Wonderlust by Lauren Blakely. And this is a romance novel, but it is a romance novel in, like, the perfect way possible. There's no, like third act they the couple separates at in the third act but it's not like a breakup they literally leave she drops him off at the airport being like i love you have a great time like they understood that like it their relationship kind of had a a timeline to it but like they part on really good terms and there's no like nobody makes like some stupid ass mistake which I loved. And it just, it, it made my heart feel good. The, the story made my heart feel good. Because, like, she's just a woman from Texas who moves to Paris to live her dream of always living in Paris. And she works, uh, she makes the, like, cleaning supplies not smell bad. Her job is in, like, that kind of, like, laboratory. And um, he is her French interpreter. Cool. So she then also hires him to teach her French, and then they just can't, they can't not get together. 
Okay, so that one and Spare are, are your two? I mean, that was the... I could talk about books ad nauseum, but that was definitely the first book of the year. I don't know. Because I know we're going to talk about other, like, new geekdom things, so I'm going to leave some of the things that are technically book for that combo. Okay. Um, so as far as books, I'm going to go, like, I don't read a ton of nonfiction either. I'm a big fiction reader. Um, I would actually like to read Jeanette McCurdy's book. I've heard it's really good. I haven't. So I'll add it to the list. But, um, I did read Spare, which I thought was really good. I never in a million years thought I would ever, ever hear a prince talk about getting frostbit on his penis. So that was legit. Probably the highlight of my life as far as we come to, like, royalty. That was fucking great. Royal tea? Yes, yes. Like, and when I I literally meant, like, the tea is, like, the gossip. I didn't mean, like, royalty. Like, I meant literally, like, royal paws tea. That was, I never thought I would hear that. So that was a box that I didn't know needed to be checked. I could have lived my life without that portion. No, oh my god. Or the fact that he put Estee Lauder cream on it. It was, to me, it was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm falling for clever marketing, but I so, I was like, the fact that he's willing to put that shit in there tells me that he's like not joking. About the shit in that book. Yeah, I I definitely believed his version of events. I also think that there's probably things that he's just not aware of. That you, oh, you know, I'm sure. I, I life is complicated, but I think it was a really interesting book. It definitely took me a minute just because he sort of wrote it in this like stream of consciousness style. Very much. But I listened to the audiobook, and I think that helps. Yeah. Because I, he narrates the audiobook. I wanted to hear him, like, speak it as well. Because, funnily enough, I actually was never a Harry fan growing up. I was a William fan. And I thought Harry was kind of, like, weird and all over the place. And, like... Granted, we're only hearing his perspective, but genuinely, like, looking from the outside in, I'm very much a a Meghan and Harry fan, a Diana fan, and so, like, to hear a very real version, kind of exactly like what his mother did, was like, I'm not gonna pretend that this bullshit is real, I'm gonna tell you what is actually going on. And I guess I really respected that and appreciated that he kind of followed in his mother's footsteps. But again, the fact that he was talking about his frostbitten penis very much made me believe what he was saying. And don't get me wrong. I'm like, I understand it's from his perspective. I'm sure there's a lot of shit he doesn't know. His timeline's probably off. I think they even discussed it at some point, like after the book came out. But to me, that's to be expected because, like, I don't remember things in the correct order anyway. Like, I remember the impact they had on me, and I guess that's what I took away from the book. So, 
Yeah, it definitely made me empathize with him a little bit more. He still lives an incredibly privileged life, and oh, I think a you thousand say percent. so. Um, but it was definitely an interesting, um, a really interesting perspective to receive. Um, that was a good book. What about you? What I mean, obviously, you really like Spare, but. Any other books that really resonated with you this year? I, so I think you might, I don't know if this will fall into your like new geek out category, but it kind of falls into both, but I'm going to put it into this category. Um, so I've, I guess, discovered a new genre of book thanks to you, which is kind of what spurred the podcast. Um, I really, really like the, okay, to be fair, I've read all, like, I am in the process of reading the entire Massiverse. Book-wise, I absolutely love Silver Flame. It's so fucking good. I don't think I've loved a book that much since I read Harry Potter. Like, it's... I don't know why it just so like, I mean, I do know why, but we'll get into it later. Like it so speaks to me just like on an incredibly deep level. Like, holy shit. It is such a good book. I fucking love it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I was very hesitant to go into the Massiverse, and I'm so glad I did, because I was like, uh, fairies, it's not really my thing, I read serious books, and then my, like, fluff or my rom-coms, I didn't even start reading, like, rom-coms, like, romance books until, like, late 2022, I've always been, like, I read serious books. Yeah, I'm a serious reader. Like one of I I didn't mention this, but one of my favorite books of the year was uh, John Green's The Anthropocene Reviewed, and it's a collection of essays where he rates things in society on a scale of uh, one to five, and it's everything from like Diet Dr Pepper to tuberculosis. But it's also like a little bit of a memoir, like it. You have to read it to experience it. He also did a podcast with several episodes that are also chapters or like pieces in the book. And I just really like John Green and the way that he approaches the world. I know he's not, no one is perfect, but the way that he looks at the world in such a complex and interesting way, the way that he's able to be so honest about his mental health struggles and the way that he is able to articulate such complex things in such a clear way is very inspirational to me. I don't think I've ever actually read one of his books. So that was the only book that he's ever written that was nonfiction, um, but he's very famously known for writing The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. Um, He's written a, like four pretty popular books. I've um, heard of them, but I've never read them. I would, just based on your personal experience with your mother passing away from cancer, 
a fault in our stars might be a little bit difficult for you because all of the characters have terminal cancer <laughs> or semi terminal yeah. cancer. It may be, yeah, difficult. that might be a tough one. Like, yeah. Um, he is not afraid of confronting difficult conversations mm-hmm. for sure but if i was gonna recommend a john green book to you i would probably say turtles all the way down okay is is one that i think you would really identify with i will add that to the list i have some john sanderson books that i want to read as well is that what the, the word is the name brandon sanderson brandon sanderson that's it brandon sanderson sorry wrong name so i've got a lot of things that i want to read in 2024 i didn't actually set a tbr goal until like july which was an insanely lofty goal but at the time i was basically not sleeping and (laughs) reading an insane amount so i was like i can do this i could not do that so um I'm going to set a goal for next year, and I think it will be attainable. I think 100 books will be attainable for me in a year next year if I continue to read at, like, a decent pace. So I'm actually going to lower my goal for next year just because of I I changed jobs in 2023. So my new job I love so much. Um, it is so fulfilling. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but it is definitely a little bit more demanding on my time and I'm not going to have as much of a commute because I am moving. So I'm not going to have as much time, like, you know, that, that empty space of time to read. So I'm going to lower my goal to 75 books for next year, which I still think is very doable, but that way it's, um, it's compensating for those changes in my life. That's fair. That's fair. I think I'm kind of one of those that like fell back into reading in 2023. So I'm hoping that I'm going to continue that trend into 2024. Um, But to kind of add on to the favorite books thing, I love Silver Flame, like I said. But I'm going to say so far, my favorite series that I've read this year has been Throne of Glass. I, that is also so good. And I'm, and I was hesitant, like, I haven't finished Throne of Glass, so I was hesitant to throw out, like, a favorite book out of it. Because I, I, I can just feel that it's coming. It's not, like, I, I know I haven't read it yet if that makes sense. So I'm like, I fucking love Silver Flame. And and I'm just going to go with it because I know I'm not going to finish the rest of Throne of Glass in 2023. Um, I don't know when this actually airs. I think it may, I don't remember when we exactly planned this to air, but it's like, it may be beginning of January when this comes out. But, so I know I'm not going to finish the Throne of Glass series between now and then. But so far, like, Silver Flame's my favorite book, but Throne of Glass is my favorite series, which I know is probably going to be a little controversial with the Iron Flame series being out. But, God, I really just like, I just like Throne of Glass a lot more. Throne of Glass is amazing. And you are up to Queen of Shadows right now, which is one of 
I I would peg that as like my favorite book of the series. Um, and you'll understand a little bit more. I did the tandem read of Empire of Storm and Tower of Dawn, which I think for you, because I read the physical book, it was very easy to do that. You are not. You're going to do Kindle and audio, so that might be a little bit challenging for you to do. Yeah. Um, it's not necessary. I did it just because it had been recommended to me to do that, and so I did. But I I really enjoyed, I think Throne of Glass is such an, a great story, and it gives me all of this hope for where the Akatar and Crescent City books are going to end up going, knowing knowing what the arc of that story was and where that ends. Like, um, I like cry just thinking about like how that book series ends. It is an emotional conclusion, but not in a like bad way. It's just. You're making me nervous with that face. You're making me so nervous. And um, we learned a hard lesson when we read Iron Flame. I know we haven't covered it, but um, to to do it in an unspoilery kind of way, there is a moment in Iron Flame that I read and I didn't really think about it, um, but really affected Jill. There is no kind of trigger warning of that sense that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I maybe, maybe that like has part to do with my like, of that series i don't know yeah because you had a little bit of a trigger i did i did i did and like i don't want to spoil it Mm -hmm. i don't i'm gonna i don't know there's it just kind of came a little close to home to you in your personal life and that's fair. So now it is forever ingrained in me <laughs> to if that kind of situation is occurs in a book, I have to warn Jill in advance. Um, to be fair, you're not the only person that I sent that text to. Like, because there were a few people that had read that book and I was like, oh, please, next time, if you recommend a book to me, please tell me this happens. So... And it- and to be fair, like, I didn't know. I was ahead of you in yeah. that read. Uh, I know you but, didn't know either. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I I didn't, I, because I just didn't think about how it could potentially affect you. Um, but I think how it affected you is super valid. And um, moving forward, we will always <laughs> have a trigger warning for, we'll have Jill's trigger warning in the back of our mind if we are. Um, recommending books, but I can assure you nothing along those lines happens in Throne of Glass. That is incredibly comforting to know. <laughs> I will tell you that like, you do get more details about the demise of parents, but it is not in the same... You just get more... It's The information is more fleshed out. That's fair. That's about fair. what happened. But it is not... It's not like a central plot in the, uh, in the book. No. It is, it is not, like, this big plot point. It isn't... It's... And you're gonna get it in 
Queen of Shadows mostly, a little bit in Empire of Storm, um, just through like recollection. And as the main character of Throne of Glass has conversations with more people um, who were there. Gotcha. Fair. So Good to know. I appreciate the heads up. But like, it's not anything like what happens in Iron Flame. That works for me. I can handle that. So, but, like, you already know that, like, someone is an orphan. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, it's not a surprise that these characters... Exactly. And that's, like, that's an upfront die. thing. Like, find, like, I kind of... That's one of those, like, origin story things when you've got an orphan. Like, it comes it's into like play. Yeah. It's totally... Exactly. Very, very Batman, like... Totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did really enjoy Iron Flame, though. Um, mm-hmm. I actually like the Empyrean series. I think is what they call it. Um, yes. To the point where, like, they're fun. Yeah, they're fun. To the point where, like, I let my nine year old listen to them with me. Obviously, not the spicy portions. Like the throne scene mm-hmm. ain't playing in the fucking Highlander. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if it is, it goes immediately on pause when there was a child in there. But no, like she asked me, like she's asked about it, and like we talked a little about it, and I was like, oh yeah, it's the, it's kind of like when dragon writers go to college, kind of thing, and and so she enjoyed it too. But she she's also a reader, so I throw I throw to be to be perfectly honest, they both kind of are. My oldest would not classify herself as one. Um, two things. She, last Christmas, asked, and her birthday, asked for poetry books, which, to be truly honest, I was, in, like, thoroughly impressed. I am not a poetry person. To me, it's an incredibly difficult thing to, like, it's, it's not a concept I easily grasp. And she really enjoyed it. And she's a huge Taylor Swift fan who is a big lyricist, which makes sense. Like, she is very much a lyrics girl. So she is a, she's like a, she's my romance girl. She's asked to read some Colleen Hoover, Hoover books. Which I know we've discussed. She's sh- like shaking the head. Um, I guess it's really popular in the high school. So, like, I may relent and give her one. I don't know. Don't give her It Ends With Us. That's fine. That is... She did not specify one that she, like, asked for. So, I'm, like, we'll see. I've got to, I probably need to read some before I give them to her. But I've also read some other, like, authors who have been recommended, like, hey, instead of this, do this. So yeah, I'm going to, I would highly recommend Christina Lauren because they have some great options that are just fun. I read one uh, this year that was called something wild. It was great. It was like city slickers, but make it a rom-com. Okay. She's so fun. She read some like teen, teen YA, like they're popular, but I cannot remember the series name for her. And she read that, so I think I'm I'm gonna try to find something along those lines. But my she read 
really like the Selection series as well. Okay. I'll look into that. It's like a reality dating show, but for teenagers, and they dress in, like, fancy dresses. Oh, she may like that, then, yeah. My my youngest today, we were talking about her Christmas list, and we were talking about... So she's into Demon Slayer, which sounds fucking awful. I know everyone just, like, <gasps> clutch their pearls. No, it's no. not. It's, it's an anime, and apparently, like, I'm not into it. I haven't, like, watched all of it. But those, my anime aficionados in my life have all given the stamp of approval. So mm-hmm. um, she reads the books or the the manga. manga. Thank you. I, I was going to say that, but I couldn't remember if it was the correct word or not. So she reads that um, and she's got a few of those, but she informed me because I asked her, I was like, well, what about your other series that you read? And she's like, well, I finished Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which I didn't even realize that she finished <laughs> Um, I'm curious if she would like the Percy Jackson series. I think she would, which, like, she's a big reader, and she's got a, she was kind of like me as a kid. She reads well above her age level. Um, so I'm not surprised. I haven't gotten her into Harry Potter, but I'm trying not to push it on her. I think we've discussed this before. There is another, like, magical series that I've read somewhere, like, I cannot remember the name of it, that a lot of people will recommend. I think Percy Jackson would be good, but I think anything with dragons would also be good. Um, so how I met, or how to train your dragon started out as a book series. Did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's funny you say that. I saw a really funny TikTok of, um... What is his name? He plays Jon Snow, uh, Kit Harrington, and Toothless was in the background, and they were like running lines and shit. And Toothless, and he's like, "No, I'm trying to show you where the marker is." And like Toothless just kept like coming up right to his fucking face, and he's like, "No, no," and then he like stands behind him and like mimics him doing the <laughs> doing the lines. <laughs> So you're going to have a lot of of toothless references because in this is not a spoiler because you've read some of Empire of of or excuse me of Queen of Shadows and you've met Manon mm-hmm. Manon and you know about the wyverns. Mm-hmm. There's a wyvern that you're going to meet if you have not met them already named Abraxas. I think I did. And everyone in the fandom just assumes that Abraxas is essentially a scarier version of Toothless. Okay. See, I... Because his his favorite thing is to sniff flowers. That's hilarious. I don't think I've made it that far. I do remember meeting him, but I don't think I've made it that far. Um, Yes, we love Abraxas. I literally, when I was reading the Throne of Glass series, my friend Lily introduced me to, like, the whole Massiverse, and I texted her as, like, if anything happens to this damn wyvern, I'm going to riot. (laughs) And the only, like, thing she answered as I was reading through that series was nothing happens to Abraxas. Well, that's good to know. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, so... Uh, yeah. Okay. I think your kid would really like Percy Jackson. I really want her to read it. I'll, um, well, so she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can throw this out here. 
she's getting a Kindle for Christmas. <gasps> yeah, so I had bought, because I started reading so much, I was really tired of, like, reading on my phone. My eyes were killing me, so I bought a Kindle Paperwhite um, on the, it was, like, one of their Prime Day deals or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was showing it to her and explaining to her that you had like you could put as many books as you wanted on it and like her face was like you could tell her mind was just blown she was like really because this kid she's the kid that brings like five books in her backpack to and from school every day because she reads them on the bus which I was a similar kid I also stay up all night reading like I get it and and we were trying to decide between, like, the kids edition or the paperweight. And I was like, let's just do the paperweight. Like, we had another Prime prime Day, Black Day, what a Black Friday day deal, like, thing. And it was like, might as well go with that. Because, one, it'll last her for fucking ever. She can take it with her into college. And, two, like, it won't kill her fucking eyes. So, so she's going to get that. So, I'm hoping, like, you know, to... I'm going to tell family members and I have a feeling a lot of them will, you know, buy her like some Amazon gift cards so she could buy some like Kindle books and stuff and she can yeah. have her whole little library because on her wish list was the like uh, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. She wanted like the whole series. So because she only has a few of them. So mm-hmm. even though she read them all, it's fine. But hey, she might she might be a rereader like me because I love a good reread. Exactly, so. exactly. So, but anyway, okay. So we t- so we've touched on books. So what about movies? Movies. So if we're talking about like released in twenty twenty three, I don't think there's another answer other than Barbie. I was gonna say I don't even like I can't even I don't even. Okay, I'll throw an honorable mention out there. But it is a terrible movie. And I know that this is a terrible movie. But Bert Kreischer's The Machine. I'm like... <laughs> so, we have very different honorable mentions. Because my honorable mention is Across the Spider-Verse. I don't even think I saw that movie. So, I just actually just watched it. Because, like, unfortunately, I have I have not been able to go to the movies nearly as much as I normally would go. Um... But I really enjoyed it. We watched it at home. I definitely have some like minor critiques of it. Oh wait, is this the the spider Miles Morales? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I've heard really good things about this, and I haven't watched it, it is yet. Really good. Please okay. do not take me being an overly analytical, overly critical film buff into account. It is a very good film. There's a lot of really good aspects to this about like you know that transition of child to teenager to adult and you know the what your actions do and how they affect other people's lives and you know the concept of canon events and things like that and when Stacy's loneliness and her seeking family wherever she can because she's a of the consequences of some of the choices that she's made and trying to avoid these canon and events in her own life. 
um, have been, it was really, really good. I would definitely recommend anybody watch it, but I really, I can't say that anything other than Barbie was my, I could watch Barbie on repeat. Oh yeah. So good. I, I love that movie. I'm gonna buy, I think, I don't think I've bought it yet. I'm gonna buy it on digital download, which as we all know, doesn't mean you actually own the fucking video anymore. Which means I'm now gonna also buy shit on DVD from going forward. Um, Let's get Blu-ray, girl. Blu-ray? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Blu-ray. DVD is like not a thing really anymore. (laughs) Well, I don't have. I don't think I have a Blu-ray player. Do you own a PS Five? No. Buy blue. Buy a Blu-ray player. It's worth it. Okay. Well, it regardless, it doesn't matter. But hands down, Barbie was fucking great. I really enjoy Burt Kreischer. He's my, like, favorite comedian. Like, Oh, he's hilarious. But, like, it's not, like, an arguably good movie. No, it is not a good movie. Like, I did recently rewatch it on, like, Netflix, I think. I don't remember. But, like, my coworker's wife and I are also both, like, big Burt Kreischer fans. And we drug our husbands and then our friend out and we all like she and i had a a fucking great time the rest the three dudes were like are you serious right i mean i'm a little bit surprised that your honorable mention isn't the taylor swift heiress tour movie no because that's just like like taylor swift is favorite person of all time all time slash 2023 like i don't even i just assumed that we were gonna like she's just in a category by herself okay as she should be yes billionaire she occupied all 10 spots of i think spotify top yep. played songs of the year yep like she is just in a league of her own yes she really is. Like, I saw somebody, like, do a TikTok the other day, and they were like, is there anybody, like, they they equated her to, like, the Diana of our generation, and, like, if Taylor Swift died, like, would people flip it? I would agree. People would flip the fuck out if Taylor died like Diana did. Holy shit. Like, I joke, I've said it before, but I said it to my husband, I was like, if Taylor Swift decided to run for president, that bitch would win. She absolutely would win. She, I, I don't <laughs> I sound like an insane person, but like I, genuinely, I don't know anyone else who is more famous than that woman. I don't. As a baby Swifty, I cannot. I, I just have to say the the Swifty community is so welcoming. Yeah. They're so warm. It's there's no gatekeeping that comes with it. If you say, Hey, I really like style from nineteen eighty nine, they will people will come out of the woodwork to be like, Oh, listen to this song, listen to this song, listen to this song uh, of how to like get you deeper into her discography and things like that so like i can't say enough positive things about the swifty community like i've always liked taylor swift's music but it's always been kind of this tertiary thing i was like oh yeah i like i like taylor swift but i think 
by the end of 2023, I have to kind of say that I am a Swifty. Yes! Yes! <laughs> because... <laughs> She, I was in her top 4% of listeners on Spotify. She was my number one artist of the year. I listened to Cruel Summer maybe too many times. It's funny. I genuinely thought Style would have been your top song. I'm surprised that it was Cruel Summer. I'm surprised too. I really love Style. But like the 1989 album, I think it's also because like I stopped listening to the non-Taylor version. Yes. Yeah. Because... Like, if, if there is a Taylor version coming out, I want to listen to that. Oh, like, I still listen yeah. to Reputation and Debut on the original versions because I can't, I can't not listen yeah. to those songs at this point. Um, but if I can listen, if I can support her in the way that, that it should have been set up in the first place, but my humble opinion, um... I absolutely will, but it, it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, I really, normally I'm very used to having, like, I listen to a, an absolute absurd amount of pop punk. Like, Fall Out Boy for decades has been my favorite band. I'm finally getting to see them live in March. I am so excited. <laughs> you awesome. have no idea. Like, I was so excited to get, like, the Spotify, and I got floor seats for, like, not that much money. Sorry about that. Small pause. <laughs> Small pause. Um, as I get more wine, thanks delivery from my husband. So sweet. But yeah, I would agree. Like Taylor well. Swift is the shit. But arguably, like this may sound entirely like sexist to some men, but like I'm gonna say it's 2023 was like the year of women. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because not only... Barbie, Taylor Swift, Beyonce. Beyonce. I was just about to say, like, like we haven't even spoke about Beyonce, which, like, I'll be a thousand percent honest. Like, I'm not in the Bay Hive. Like, I like Beyonce, but, like, I wouldn't... I'm not in the Beehive. I'm not in the Bay Hive. I will openly admit that. But there are some... Beyonce stuff, I absolutely love, Fuck but I'm yeah. not in the beehive. But, like, I, she is so amazing. Like, I, she's up there with Taylor Swift, like, genuinely. If I was going to put anywhere even, like, remotely fucking close right, it's, it's Beyonce. A thousand percent. And, and they're fucking friends. Yes, exactly. Because Taylor went to the, rep, to the Renaissance opening, and, and Beyonce went to the to the heiress tour you opening. know what i appreciate that so much out of both ladies because they're both so busy they both took time out of their day like granted to be again i'm not a beyonce like massive fan so like i'm not saying that she didn't do the exact same like effort here i'm just saying it from the swifty perspective but i do know that taylor flew over to london for this premiere was there for like a fucking hour and then turned around and flew back so to me that is like the kind of friend that you want who is like i don't give a fuck that i have to drive like not drive fly thousands of miles over several fucking time zones i'm gonna be there and i'm gonna support you because you're that bitch yeah, and considering that that friendship 
for all of the, the, the public perception starts from a man trying to pit them against, against each, each other. other. And I will never, I know that like, you know, that whole moment with Kanye West at the VMAs was like crazy, but I think so many people forget that when Beyonce won some other award during that night, I don't remember. It was like album of the year, song of the year. I don't remember. I don't know if it really matters to be honest. She brought Taylor out to finish her speech. Yeah. And I just think that that was such a class absolutely do. And it doesn't get shown enough. It doesn't, that portion of the story doesn't get shown nearly enough in my humble opinion. And I just say whatever you want, but I really honestly think that Beyonce is just such a class act. I do too. I've seen a bunch of TikToks about like Blue Ivy participating in the tour and her being so nervous for her and but like also making her, her work for Absolutely. it and like really put the effort in and I just even though like sometimes her music isn't like the thing that gets me going I can't I would never say that her music is bad because obviously it's not. not it's amazing it's so good it's just like this, how how can we exist in a world with two such talented, amazing humans in it? With Taylor Swift and freaking Beyonce. Yeah, and like, not only are they so amazingly talented, but they're like, I know they probably don't want to be or ever intended to be, but they're amazing role models for women and like our girls, genuinely. Like, I'm so proud to be of a generation who has those two as role models. They're amazing businesswomen. They're amazing to their family. They take care of their people. Like, that's who I want my girls to, to look up to. Those right? those women. Those kinds of women are the, are the women that I want my girls to look up and be like, that's who I want to be. A hundred percent. And I, I mean... I know this isn't like a thing that we plan to discuss, but I would say my favorite moment of 2023 was being at the Eras tour tour with you and your two daughters. <laughs> and like how much fun that was, how much fun they had, like just I cannot explain what it was like to be in that stadium, to be in that room, like and I was like a baby, like a, an infant, like embryonic Swifty at that point, like to be fair. But I just, I remember you had called me up randomly, like, if you get tickets, do you want to go? And I was like, I'll go with you. I'll fly out there. Yeah. I'll pay for the hotel room for us. And, you know, it was such a fun night. I think it is a core memory for not just your and I's friendships, but for your kiddos, too. Oh, definitely. Like, you guys can't see this, but she said that, and I started tearing up because, like, same. <laughs> that was probably one of, like, the best memories of my life. Like, being there with my best friend, but also, like, watching my girls enjoy that the way that they did. Holy shit. That was, like, an experience in itself. 
It really was. Do you remember your oldest? This is a funny story. Your oldest turned to me because, like, you had gone to go get us more adult beverages. And she's like, you have to promise me you're not going to get drunk. And I'm like, you don't have to worry about that. She's so funny. Like, you have one drink and you're like, oh, my God, are you going to get drunk? It's not how it works. It's not how it That's works. That's not how it works. Also, it is too expensive at these concerts. No kidding. Holy shit. It's like $20 a drink. It was insane, but, like, we had to get a little bit in us. It was so fun, though. Oh, my God. It was so fun. Like, an absolute blast. And to watch, like, the energy level of my youngest throughout the concert. She, like, I almost was like, am I going to have to carry her back to the hotel? Because we walked from the hotel to the stadium it wasn't that far it was like less than a mile yeah it was like a couple of blocks it wasn't that long which to be fair like on the way to the concert wasn't a big deal it was going back when it was fucking raining in the middle of the goddamn night and also she was basically asleep by the end of the fucking concert she was tired she was exhausted so like having to walk back several blocks back to the hotel she was like she was dragging but i don't think either of them will forget that i really don't i know i won't that'll stay with me like for the rest of my life for sure i i'm emotional i was emotionally prepared that night to have to carry your youngest oh god yeah god yeah and uh and you know what like i'll add barbie into that too like Mm -hmm. honestly i feel like that would be that's something i don't know if it will be that way for like my youngest i think that'll stay with my oldest for a long time um i know it'll stay with me forever it really will yeah that movie was so good so good and i'm just proud to live in a world where a barbie movie can get made fuck yeah and a barbie movie like that can get made and that commentary can be said and i just am proud to see the improvements of stories like hollywood can still tell an original story yeah it's based on this larger ip but it was still an original story if that story hadn't had barbie attached to it it would have been just as powerful i agree i agree and i just i'm so thrilled to see female stories getting told but i i do wish the rom-com could would come back because i love a good rom-com moment i know you're not in that category but i think the death of the rom-com is one of the major things that's leading to the lack of people going to the movies i'll give you that one like i because people go to the movies with their girlfriends i can tell you exactly how many times i went to the movie theater this year yeah and that I used to go like several times a month to the point where like when the AMC like movie pass came out, I definitely was one of the people who thought about buying it because I went to the movies so much. I was like, oh, this is I can go 
every day. And, and, and being a film major, I did used to, wa- I used to joke that like I watch a movie every single day, like whether it's on the streaming service or I go to the movies or I play a DVD that I own. Like I, I watch a ton of movies and it, it's, you know, if you, if you make great original stories, even if it's based in an IP, people will come. I agree. I, I can count on one hand the amount of times I went to a theater this year. And Barbie, The Machine, and um, the Eras movie were three of those. Yeah. So, that should give you the a... Only other- yeah. I saw Barbie, and we went to see Oppenheimer. I haven't even seen that yet. I have hot takes about Oppenheimer. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it's it like it's definitely been a great year to be a woman. Let's put it that way. Like I feel a shift. Mm-hmm. If that's yeah, they overturned Roe v. Wade, and then shit got good in the media. Jesus Christ, <laughs> isn't that ironic? <laughs> but anyway, Anyways, not to get political. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna skip that. But like, genuinely, it's been a good year, in my opinion, like media wise, in that respect. From what I can see, like there feels like to be a shift, even the way they talk about women like has changed has changed it's shifting it's shifting it's not it's not changed it is shifting like the way they talk about no, taylor swift is a huge shift like they used to talk about her like mm-hmm. oh god she can't keep a man she dates too much blah 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 and everyone's like it, it feels like a, a huge massive shift now it's like oh you you treat her shit like shit you deserve a shitty song written about you so yeah yeah there's i don't I, w- I haven't seen them in a while, but there's a a TikToker who like pretends to be all of her, her exes, and every time she releases a new album, like them being oh, nervous yeah. as they listen through. Was it about the same? Of or about her? Was it about the same? So oh, it was good. Um, it was good. Although, like very quickly, because we have a few other topics we want to hit. Because like we'll just very briefly touch on the fact that like apparently midnights is a breakup album and i like yeah which made sense it made sense to me but like it's dawning on everybody they're like but uh what's his face dropped absolute major fucking tea about joe alwyn yes jack antonoff holy shit him did you know he was in uh, fun all lowercase period yeah. yep yep and then Sorry. he wrote a diss track um and uh Kel- kaylee is it kaylee or kelly teller miles teller's wife was the mm-hmm. one like liking and sharing like between the two of them we got all the goddamn tea and then Tree Pain absolutely reading Dumois for fucking Phil. <gasps> oh my goodness. And like, here's the thing. I don't disagree with Tree Pain and Taylor Swift being very, like, yeah, quick about, like, shutting that down. Don't get me wrong. I love a good Dumois moment. But, like... Also, like, don't make shit up. She posts shit, like, completely, like, 
I don't buy some of the stuff that she posts. Like, it's like, I don't believe that. You're just, like, making it up just to get fucking views. There's no way. I don't follow her nearly as much as, like, like she pops up on my For You page every so often, but not very, like, it's just bullshit at this point. At this, like, anyway, so I feel like we've covered yes, okay. favorite book, favorite movie, favorite moment. Yes, okay. I'm, of the best friend relationship. Definitely. I want to divert and go into favorite TV show. Okay, fair. Let's, what, do you want me to go to first? you want to go first? I'm going to, if you don't mind, I would like to go first. Go right ahead. And I know it's not necessarily, like, produced this year, but the show that I watched this year that was my favorite was Shadow and Bone on Netflix. And I'm so sad that they have canceled it and will not be making a third season because I thought that they did such a good job in making that show. It is something I could literally put on and watch over and over and over again. I also really liked that show. I did not watch the second season. I watched the first season and I was like, I'm going to read the books. And then I heard the books were shit and don't read them. So don't read them. I just read Six of Crows, Crooked Kingdom. The other ones don't read the actual um shadow and bone trilogy it's not great okay well we'll we'll talk offline about which ones to read and and but but my youngest also really liked it too so i need to watch that with her i need to finish the shadow and bone with her yeah Mm -hmm. it's sad because it leaves you off on a cliffhanger but now that they're not gonna do season three but can i find out what the ending is yeah, if you read um, King of Wolves and, yeah, you can find out in the books what the ending is. Okay. But you you will not find out on the I mean, show because because of the writers and actors strike, they canceled the show. Yeah, well, lots of shit got canceled, unfortunately. I think they canceled Witcher, too, which, good. No one wanted another I still, person to come in as Witcher. I want to see what it looks like, though. I do. No. I don't. Anyway, okay. Was there another TV show? <sighs> um... So I watch a lot of documentaries. <laughs> I'm gonna put that out there. Okay. And I watch a lot of, like, true crime, cults. <laughs> okay type stuff so and i watch a lot of netflix i'm gonna preface that with a lot of i watch a lot of netflix i watched one very recently actually called how to become a cult leader and it's narrated by peter dinklage oh my god that sounds great so good it's like a rule book of how to become a cult leader and they go through like Charlie Manson and the Moonies and a bunch of like pretty well-known cults that have existed and talk about how these cult leaders have risen to power and what they fucked up and ultimately led to their demise. Okay. It's really interesting. It's really, really good. It's really, really interesting. I really, I like stuff like that. I also watched, um, this is like literally yesterday. There was a documentary on Netflix about the First Baptist Church and the 
things that happen in that quasi-cult, very stringent religious belief, that is the sect of Christianity that, like, essentially does not... It says that it is a woman's fault if she is raped because she tempted the man. Religion's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not... Like, the subject matter is really heavy. I work for a nonprofit that has a very heavy subject, so, like... Yeah. I'm... It's almost sad to say that I'm kind of desensitized to it, but I am. But it is a documentary that kind of pissed me off. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is why we'll, we will never... And, like, rape culture that, like, it will, I will always have a job, unfortunately, because the cycle of abuse will ever, will forever exist. Because for those of, like, this is me going on a total tangent, and it's going to scare anyone who has children in their lives. But child, the victims of child abuse, 90% of them know their abuser. Yeah. It's not stranger danger. No. It is people that they know in their lives. It is people that their parents trusted to bring into their lives who then groomed them and then abused them. And to see that happen in something like a religion, like I will openly admit I would identify myself as a Christian and like to see that happen... And something that's just so antithesis of what is supposed to be happening is so frustrating. It's so heartbreaking. I can't even imagine. I've seen a lot of like documentaries like um keep like keep sweet, pray and obey is a good one. Um Yes, about fundamentals. There's been a lines. lot. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of like documentaries like that and it's yeah i don't think people realize the the statistics about child abuse it's 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 like one in ten children mm-hmm. will experience some form of child abuse whether that's sexual or physical before they turn 18 it's terrible it's horrible if you really think about it like new most people can name 10 children that they know. Mm-hmm. That means one of those children is being abused. Yeah. It's awful. It's it's horrifying. Anyways, I will get off my soapbox. <laughs> but um, I watch too many documentaries, but I really love Shadow and Bone. And then from like a reality TV perspective, I've actually been re-watching a lot of Survivor. Really? And I fucking love Survivor. I I've never really rewatched a reality show. <gasps> Have you ever watched Survivor? Yeah, like I remember I can't remember what season it was, but it was like the one where they like got naked for Oreos on the poles. So that is like literally like season five. Yeah, I know. It was early. Like, I stopped watching early on. Like, I know it's a whole other thing now. 
I'm going to put it on the to-do list of, and it is old, but I want you to watch it, and it's on Netflix, and I don't think it's going anywhere, but Netflix has toka jeans on it, so they're in a different part of Africa than they were in season two. Okay. And it is such a good season. It has such great characters in it. I think we should maybe cover it on the podcast because we can watch it on Netflix. <laughs> and I I cannot tell you how much I freaking love Survivor. Like, I am not equipped to ever go on it, but I feel like I could win. Are you ever, like, I could. Are you one of those big brother people, too? Do you watch those shows? No, okay. only Survivor. Only Survivor. I only watch Survivor. I love Survivor. I'm sad that they're moving off of Hulu because now I can't watch all of the seasons anymore and I'm not paying for another streaming service. This is just becoming cable. It is. It's becoming cable again. For sure. Um, I mean, I'm open to it. It's such a good season. Have you heard of the contestant who goes by Coach? Maybe. I don't really remember. He is a character and this is his inaugural season he ends up going on the show three times okay maybe we'll say i love survivor i i could i love survivor so my winner for reality show of the year is uh what's uh vanderpump rules you did suck me into it. I will openly admit, I am very excited to watch. I can't wait. The next season, which starts in January, it's coming up soon. It does. And then here's the thing, too. Like, and I'm a little nervous. If I'm being really honest with you, I'm a little nervous because Ariana has said she's like, I wouldn't be surprised if viewers like change their opinion of me. Yeah. When did she say that? Like, like, as a promo for Dancing with the Stars, or what? I don't remember. Like, it's relative. It was relatively recently, and I'm like, okay, this is a little concerning. Um, I do know that, like, BravoCon a couple months ago, like, there was drama going on. I don't think Sheena and Lala are as close as they used to be. Um, Katie and... Ariana seemed to be real close. Ariana and Sheena seemed to be running into some problems. So I don't know. I don't know. Like Sheena seems to be kind of on the forgiving Sandoval train, which is like, what the fuck? But okay. I, I, I can maybe potentially see forgiving Schwartz. Schwartz is like a schmuck, man. Like, yeah, he's, he's the only. I can't forgive Sandoval for what he did. He knew exactly what he did, and the fact that the two of them aren't together anymore is just what was the point? Yeah, if you're gonna blow up your life, it better be for the love of your fucking That's life. That's what and I you two said. Together forever. That's what I said. I was like, if you're gonna blow up your life, you better fucking like the only way to redeem yourself really is to like you gotta fucking stick with it and they didn't and the best part is is that like obviously obviously like schwartz was really like the real fucking problem here because like i don't think rachel would have behaved the way that she did if she had not been manipulated as fuck 
by the situation. Don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing her behavior. Like, she acted abhorrently to her best friend. I am not excusing that by any means. But clearly, like, Sandoval did a phenomenal job in manipulating this girl into believing what he was saying. And... But the fact that this bitch has the balls to come out and now come out with a podcast here in January and it's her, quote, version, or, or like her, not version, her, quote, side of the story. Bitch, what side are you talking about? You're the mistress. Yeah, there isn't a good side to the story. No, I, you can't. No. I'm so hesitant. No. Like, I want to listen I, because I want to hear. I want to know. No. I want to know. I don't. I don't want to give her the listen. That's the problem. Exactly. I don't want to give her the listen. I will watch TikTok coverage of it, but I will not listen to that podcast. Okay. I'm going to reserve. Okay. Here's the thing. I fucking hate her. I think she's, I think she did a shitty thing. Um, I'd really, I'm going to reserve judgment to hear what she has to say first you're nicer than i am uh, like i don't know why because i'm usually not like it's usually the opposite you're not i'm not you're really not i'm nicer not than me most of the time no i'm not nicer than you like i'm especially when it comes to that kind of shit i'm like no i don't give a fuck so i'm gonna reserve judgment because like one i really hope she fucking just actually takes accountability for her actions here i re like i'm hoping she does i don't think she's going to i really hope she does too, I also think we're gonna get a lot of really good tea, so I kind of want to hear it. I want to hear it. Yeah, I just don't have faith that she's actually going to do any of those things. I hope. I'm pretty sure that she is just going to try to like gaslight the like the viewers and the listeners into thinking that she was some kind of victim in all of this, and she wasn't. At minimum, she was complicit. At most, she was. A, a contributor to the society. She co-conspirator. actively yeah. knew that she was cheating with her best friend's essentially husband. husband. Like you are my best friend. Number one, I wouldn't even think about doing anything inappropriate with your husband. No. Number two, I. I know you would never do anything inappropriate with my husband. If you did, it would be the end of our friendship and I would hate you. Ditto. And I don't hate a lot of people in this world. That is not a, a word I use lightly, but I would hate you. Yeah. If you but like, act, like that's the actively thing. She... participated. But I'd hate him too. Yes. But I would actively hate you. Agreed. And I think, but like, Ariana clearly does and has every fucking right to do so i guess like i don't know it's part of like part of the problem with reality tv is that like as shitty as it is i want to hear the asshole side of the story i do i want to know what her like i want to hear her defense i want to hear what she if has to say for herself beauty of reality tv and if it happens on the show, I will engage with it because it's the show. Yeah. I'm not going to seek her out on her own platform to see it because 
It, it's the same thing with Sister Wives. I want to see it happen in the show because if it doesn't happen in the show, if it's just like side interview, to me, it doesn't count. Okay. And I know that that is a weird when you say side interview, like, because the wives don't typically do a ton of side interviews unless it's, like, press for the show. But, like, mm-hmm. let's say, like, McKelty and um, Gwen, they give their opinions and their thoughts. Yeah. Wow. But you and I kind of are on the same page, I feel like, about this because... Both Gwen and McKelty engage on a, essentially like a pay-for platform. They post their content behind a paywall on Patreon. True. I do not choose to pay for that. I don't know if you choose. I know you've talked about potentially paying to see some of their content. But in my opinion, it is not my place to take content that they're talking about behind a paywall and put it onto a platform in which that is not behind a paywall. I don't want to take their information and make it available for free for other people to consume if they're choosing to make people pay for that information. I think... That is my humble opinion. I get get what you're saying. I do. I'm not saying we need to, like, play clips of it, but I think it's fair to discuss some of the things that are talked about. Like, because if we're, because you and I are not going to give a blow by blow of what we've seen. Absolutely not. Of course not. Like, so if we discuss it and say, like, if you would like more details, please go check out McKelty's Patreon. By all means, go mm-hmm. ahead. But, like, I don't have a problem bringing up shit that McKelty has said or that Gwen has said, like, you know, corroborating or denying somebody's story or something like that. Like, she came out with some stuff McKelty did like recently like she was pretty upset and to be fair i haven't actually watched it and i have talked about getting their patreon and like i think depending on how the rest of the season plays out i may do that i don't know there's only three more episodes left at the time of us recording this episode right i meant like for for the future like depending what they decide to do with sister wives in general like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm not, like, I'm not sold I yet. Have a f- I have this, like, horrible feeling that something terrible is going to come out about the Brown family and what has gone on behind the scenes. I don't know. Like I have this, like, sneaking suspicion. Like what? Some form of abuse, whether it's physical or mental or otherwise, I just feel like there's so many allusions to it at this point. There's allusions to Cody potentially being an alcoholic. There is, you know, all of the conversations around Mary. Mary. And I have my own... You know, spider senses slash red flags raising about Cody's terminology and the way that he talks about his relationship with Aurora. That is a big red flag to me. It is 
that is not normal. It is not normal. I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that's gonna play out with the Brown family. Like I we're in a weird spot with them. I don't know what's gonna happen TV show wise. But like let's pivot it's, from reality TV here. Because like Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a show which like genuinely I don't I don't even think I've actually watched the most recent season, but I watched it this year. Like this the show this year, and it's fucking great and I'm very excited to watch this most recent season. I just, like, we've, I've been reading and, like, consuming a thousand other things. So I just haven't gotten there yet. But, um, it is called, it's on Apple TV, which, I don't, for the life of me, I cannot remember why. I can't remember this name. Okay, there it is. Okay. It's called For All Mankind. And it, the premise of this show is that if it's like historical fiction, essentially, like, so the initial beginnings of the show start with like, what if the Russians had won the space race? So like, it's got historical figures in it, like real astronaut names, real, like female astronaut names in this stuff. And they kind of, like, each season takes you through a different set of eras. So, like, at the the most recent season was in the 90s. So, it's really good. I very much enjoy it. It's, like, a nerdy aspect. A, like, they've got some science fiction. It's It's good. I really like it. It's great. Apple did a wonderful job. It sounds right up my alley, but I'm not paying for another streaming service. I feel you. I feel you. But, like, I'll throw this out there. Like, Apple, I would trade another streaming service for Apple. Apple's got some great, like, hidden content. Like, if you're going to be one of those people who rotates apps every so often, I would throw Apple in there. Like, pay for it for a few months. They've got some great shit. I, I've heard Ted Lasso's really good, Yellowstone's really good, but I'm a big Netflix, HBO Max, and then we pay for YouTube mm-hmm. because my husband watches so much YouTube. You <laughs> would really like Ted Lasso. Like, I can tell you that, right? You would fucking love Ted Lasso. Probably, but yeah, those are kind of, oh, and I have Disney Plus, but we plan on talking about things that happen on Disney Plus. We do. So. We do. That is not going anywhere. Um, and I'm a huge Disney nerd. You are. Melissa is a Disney adult in not the net, like not the awful sense. So. No, I just really like Disney things. Yes. I do. I do. You're not obnoxious. Yes, I, I feel like that, that kind of covers TV. What is a geekdom, geek category that you entered this year that you enjoyed? I can go first if you need me to. Okay, I've got one more to add to TV, and then we can jump back. Okay. TV. The Last of Us. That. So I started that. John played the game. But it. It's really heavy. Okay, 
fair. That stuff happens. I'll be, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's real heavy. Um, but it's so fucking good. Like, it's okay, really good. so Mark put this on because Mark also played the video game. I didn't know this was a video game when it came out. Mark put it on and like genuinely I was like, I'm not fucking watching this. Like, this is so dumb. And I got sucked into it. And I was hooked after that. I was like, oh my god, this is great. Like, so I watched it again, like, to get all the details and, like, was hooked afterwards. Absolutely hooked. It's so good. So good. We haven't finished it, which I know is bad, but, like, it's really heavy. And like I said, John loves YouTube. Do you know how many YouTube videos we watch? Do you know how much watch culture I watch? What's watch culture? John. It is a UK-based video game countdown platform. Do you know who Watch Mojo is? No. So <clears throat> Watch Mojo is famously known for doing like top 10, top 20. 2020, they started doing top 20 videos. And what culture is like the video game specific version of that. Okay. It's a lot. Okay. Do you know how many videos about Baldur's Gate I've had to watch? Don't even know what you just said. Um, I'll throw this out there. Mark also watches a lot of YouTube, but I'm not like involved in it. He like I can hear him playing the YouTube on him on his video. But ooh, can I throw out a favorite video game? <coughs> sure. It's um probably extremely I'm actually I'm certain it's old. It's uh Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's <laughs> I don't It's really good. Listen, I don't play this game. That's not why I'm recommending this. I love to listen to my husband play this game. Like, it is incredibly soothing. <laughs> like, to the point where we've got such a good microphone now, I'm like, hey, next time you play this, can I just, like, put it on and let it play? Because it puts me to sleep. Like, he plays it, and I just knock the fuck out next to him. So my thought was, was like, I could, I could record this. Like, just him, like, doing the clicking and the, you know, the horses galloping in the background and shit like that. And I'm like, this is going to put me to sleep. I'm going to record it and I'm going to keep it on my phone and I'm going to just go to sleep immediately. I mean, I have not played a lot of video games this year. The only thing I've actively played is Disney Dreamlight Valley because, yes, I am a nerd and I play... Dreamlight Valley, and I have nothing to do in that game right now, so I'm probably going to sit it down for a while until some updates get pushed through. I don't even know what it is. So think, like, Sims. Okay. But Disney characters. Okay. I mean, that sounds fun. Um, it's, it's a casual game, for sure, on the Wii. And, but John played... I'm not going to remember the name of it, but the second Zelda game after Breath of the Wild, whatever the fuck it's called. He spent a lot of time in Hyrule. 
It's pretty. It's really pretty. I don't know what's going on. My, I usually come in to consciousness of whatever he's playing at like the weirdest moments. Like he was playing Death Stranding and I popped up and I noticed what was going on on screen. And I was like, why the fuck do you have a baby in like a box in like one of those weird cat carriers with a bubble in it? Uh, a strap to your chest and why are you running around? Yeah, Death Stranding is weird. I don't even know, like, anything. I don't understand anything that you just said. It's okay. You don't want to understand anything I just said. All right. I watch... John plays a lot of video games. Yeah, I think he also played Elden Ring, which is also loosely, like, Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones-based, but also, like, Dark Souls. But I'm like, eh... Again, didn't understand anything that you just said. So Dark Souls is like a punishingly difficult video game. Like, it's hard. Okay. Like, you die a lot. And then George R.R. R. Martin, who famously wrote Game of Thrones, wrote them a story. So there is a essentially Game of Thrones version of Dark Souls called Elden Ring. Okay, George R.R. R. Martin, where the fuck is the rest of the series? Let's finish it, motherfucker. You know what? I'm I saw something calm. recently where he said, or someone, like, there was, like, a rumor where he was like, I'm just not gonna finish it. I'm gonna tell everybody that I'm gonna finish it. I'm just not. So, I have a tangential theory, which is that he is going to, he's finished it, but he doesn't want to hear the shit that all of the fans are going to say. So he's going to release it posthumously. That wouldn't surprise me. Because that's a very assholish George R.R. R. Martin thing to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause, but like also the fandom bullies him anytime he is in public of like, why haven't you finished the because series Because he fucking yet? deserves it! Listen, I... S- I'm not saying he doesn't. But, like, if you want him to finish, maybe don't bully him. Maybe fucking do your job, sir. I'm sorry. I finished every goddamn book that was out before... Like, this was back in 2012. This was over ten years ago that I read the entire series waiting for this literal next books to come out. It's so fucking stupid. Um, anyway... I'm going to circle back to, what's it called? Um, the Last of Us. Wait, is that what, is that? Yeah. The the series that you're talking it's about? It's very yes. good. Even the clickers, they're scary as fuck. I don't like scary things. It's really good. I, like, I can't, I can't say this enough. It's so good. You should watch it. So, that's Jill's TV's recommendations. <laughs> So, Geekdom Fandom. Geekdom Fandom. Of the year. That you've joined and really enjoyed of the year. I can go first if you need me. No, I can go. I'm ready. I've got my answer. Go for it. F1. That is a great choice. I didn't even think about that. A thousand percent. I also am an F1 convert. Listen, like... 
Okay, to be fair, I was technically, like, an F1 fan before. I mean, I guess, like, quote, real F1 fans, like, who don't count Drive to Survive fans as real fans, then, yeah, no. This was, 2023 was my first full F1 season. Like, start to finish, I watched the actual races, like, not just DTS, like, I watched the whole thing. And I had a fucking ball, like, the whole year. I've never taken to a sport like this, even ones that I played. Like, I didn't give a shit. Um, It's so much fun to me, like, watching the drivers, the drama between the teens and the drivers. And then, like, I haven't even gotten into, like, the technical racing aspect of it. Like, that's not my jam, but it's still cool as fuck. Like, I try to follow along as much as I can understand, but it is a lot. Like, it is... It's a lot. Like, it's very, very technical. And, like, there's so many different aspects to racing. Like, to F1. Like, there's something for everybody. I'm into the drama. I like the drivers. I like the teams. I like to see the dynamics. Like, that's my fun. That's my fun place. Um, I love the racing, too. Like, I like watching the racing. It's it's great. I love, I fucking, like, don't get me wrong, I don't love hearing the Dutch National Anthem every fucking race. But, you know. <laughs> I was going to ask, have you learned the Dutch na- no, National Anthem at this yet. point? <laughs> like, I'm not thrilled about hearing the Dutch National Anthem all the time, but it's still been so much fun. And, like, doing the F1 league with my friends and my coworkers has been an absolute ball. Um, even though I came in dead last, I don't give a fuck. I had so much fun. I don't care. I had a ball and just like learning about it, becoming closer with friends of mine who like, I didn't even realize were fans of F1 as well. Like it's been a great fucking season and I'm really excited for next year. I can't wait. I'm excited to join the Fantasy League next Hell year yeah. because I'm a convert. Hell yeah. I just wish you were closer so you could like come do the in-person shit. I'm sorry. I live far away, but I live close to a track. Listen, I'm going to get everybody there for CODA next year. <laughs> Anyways, um, for me, I love that take, honestly. Like, I didn't even think of F1. But maybe it'll be my 2024. Yes. Because I'll actually, like, start watching races and stuff like that. Not just be a drive to survive girly. I would have to say the fandom that I definitely joined this year would be the Massiverse. A.K.A. all of the books written by Sarah J. Mass. Was that this year? That was this year. Really? I didn't know that. I thought you had, like, read all these, like, like, years ago. No, this is the first time I started reading these books in May, and I completely fell in love with Sarah J. Mass's writing style and things, and I have to just give the biggest props to my friend Lily, because she is the one who introduced me to them, and she was so gentle, because she was like, you should read it at Qatar. And I was like, I'm on book talk. Like it's about fairies. I don't really do fairies. Like it's not my vibe. Like <laughs> in my brain, fairies was like Midsummer Night's Dream yeah. from Shakespeare vibes. And that's like really not. I do not want an entire book of that. No, thank you. But then I read it and I was like, 
That's good. Oh, shit. This is so good. And then I roped you in. I roped a bunch of other people in. Listen, I'm trying. I'm trying so hard to rope other people in. I really am. Um, I really, like, I I desperately want Molly to, like, get through and get to Silver Frame. Flame. Frame. <laughs> Silver Flame. <laughs> Because I think she will really like it. It's so good. And then I also it's found so out, actually, good. like, another girlfriend of mine is also super into reading. Um, she's a big Brandon Sanderson fan, which was why I was like, okay, as soon as I'm done with, like, the SJM universe, I'll probably, Are you going like, to do Way of Kings? Do what? Are you going to do Way of Kings? Yeah. Well, no. I was going to go into the that that other one that you You're recommend. Gonna- you're going to do Mistborn first and then Way of Kings? Because I'm in book two still of West, of Mistborn. I love the Mistborn series. It is just, there's so much happening. I have to take little breaks. Yeah. So I, like, she was a big fan. So I want to, like, my 20, sorry, go ahead. Let's finish your 23 wrap up and then we'll, like, go into what we want to do 24. I just... I'm so excited about getting to have, ex- like, having experienced all of Sarah J. Mass and falling down that rabbit hole. I feel like I have so many notes on my phone about Sarah J. Mass books and theorizing, and it's just so fun. The community is so warm and welcoming, but also is, like, so willing to, like, prevent any spoilers because they want everyone to get to experience it in its full capacity like the surprise endings the fact that like it's just well known at this point that this last hundred pages of an sjm book is gonna be wild i tell my husband is like oh i have to stop here because i am in the last hundred pages and i know i can't set it down yeah no kidding like I've seen so many memes about it, and maybe that was, like, a, I'll be honest, that was probably, like, a slight disappointment for me with uh, Rebecca Yaros's books, where it's, like, I love the last hundred pages of an SJM book. Damn. They're like, so good. They really, like, take you for a fucking ride, and... I don't know. I Rebecca Yaros just has a different style. She does. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I really enjoy the Empyrean series. Yeah. But I would... Where SJM is really deep and thoughtful and makes you, like, examine your own personal life in the way that, like, an Oscar-nominated film would... The Empyrean season series is a popcorn movie. Yeah. It is just fun. Yeah. It's exciting. It's fun to read. I'm excited for the next part. But it is not... It didn't move me in the same way yeah. that Sarah J. Mass books moved me. Like, I was moved. I... I and I'm not a crier. I want everyone to know that I am not a crier. <laughs> I don't cry at literally anything. I cried during Silver Flame. I I always used to say I wasn't a crier, but then like I have apparently become a crier 
So, um, I do think... You've been to I, therapy. Do what? I'm not surprised. What? You've been to therapy. I've been to therapy. <laughs> this is true. I've been to lots of therapy. Um, I do, like, what do they say? Feel your feelings. Listen, I fucking hate crying, too. Like, I despise crying. I am one of those people. I fucking hate it because I usually end up with a nasty headache afterwards. So, like, I am one of those people where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to feel my feelings, I'm going to fucking feel my feelings. So, you know, books are a great way to, like, what do you call that? Siphon off the energy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I loved the Sarah J. Mass universe, or better known as the Massiverse. Yeah. I fell hard. I just reread Akatar Ak- through Akawar. I'll probably start Akasif like tomorrow, honestly. I just love it. It's like friends. I just, to me, I haven't felt this strongly about a book since I, there's two other series in the world that I feel this strongly about, and it's The Lord of the Rings, which I literally have a quote from that book tattooed on my body, so I'm very serious about that book, and Harry Potter. I have multiple Harry Potter things tattooed on my body. You do. I don't currently have any Harry Potter tattoos. I wouldn't say I would never get a Harry Potter tattoo. I probably would, but... I've got that is the level of love I have for Sarah J. Masses. Can we discuss work book tattoos? Because I have a big book tattoo. You do. I have a big book tattoo. Because I do. This is like a big passion of mine. Like I'm a huge like I was a big reader growing up and like I do, I kind of fall in and out of it. Like I'm sure a lot of readers do. Like I've seen a lot of that, like people go in and out, but like Harry Potter's one. And like, I think we've talked about a lot of these books. So Game of Thrones is another, I have needle tattooed on me. I have, um, the book from like the book and chains from a Christmas Carol because I love that book as well. 221B Baker Street for uh, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. I have a Lion's Crest from the Lion's Game. It is a Nelson DeMille series that I read with my dad. I have a Mockingbird because my mom's favorite book was To Kill a Mockingbird. I have the... Go ahead. That's one of my mom's favorite books, too. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, there is the Swan Cane Topper from Hercule Poirot's Cane. Um, We're going to read Murder on the Orient we Express are gonna, here soon. Yep. I have a snitch on there, which should be obvious to everybody. There is a um, quill... From, what was it, Um, Little Women, because she likes to write. Mm -hmm. And then um, there are, there's a Dr. Seuss hat on it as well. 
because I was a big Dr. Seuss fan as a child. And then I have the stars from um, Good Night Moon for my children because I used to read them that book. So I'm a big book tattoo fan. You're all very welcome Hi. for the tattoo that you cannot see. <laughs> I have... And I, it's so funny because I have to argue with people about this tattoo all of the time. Really? But I have not all those who wander are lost on my forearm. Right. And I cannot tell you how many times I've had to argue with people that this is, this is from Lord of the Rings. It is from the prophetic poem that predicts that Aragorn will take again the throne of, throne of Gondor and he will become king and his line will return to power in Gondor. Um, it is followed up by not all that glitters is gold. Okay. Which is also a very famous line because it's quoted in The Outsiders, which many people read during high school. Can I be real honest with you? You've never heard either of those lines? Oh, no, I've heard the first one for sure. I've also heard the second one for sure, but not in that context. I heard that in the song. Yeah, here's the thing. Lord of the Rings was published in the 1950s. It oh, I know. I'm just saying. into public, like into popular culture in a way that most people don't understand. But yeah, I have had to argue with so many people that not all the one those who wander are lost is not a biblical quote. It's not a proverb. It's I'm like, no, it's literally from the Lord of the Rings. Oh Lord. I mean I knew it was none of those. I honestly thought you were about to say like Maya Angelou or something, genuinely. Like I wasn't expecting you to say those other two. That's not what I would have pegged that for, but okay. On multiple occasions, I've had to make that argument of like, oh, I will say I have a Lord of the Rings tattoo. And they'll be like, oh, can I see it? And I pull up my sleeve and I show them and they're like, oh, isn't that a proverb? No. And I'm like, no. Google. There's this real cool thing called Google. <clears throat> yes, and then I'm like, it's the prophetic poem that is quoted during Fellowship of the Ring that predicts that Aragorn will retake the throne of Gondor. And they're like, what? What? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're clearly not into Lord of the Rings if you don't know where this quote is from. Yeah, no, for sure. I also, like... The all that glitters is gold thing, like like all star. That's the song that popped into my head. So, <laughs> like, I mean, yes, but it, I will admit, like, yes, not all those who wonder are lost. Not all that glitters is gold. Are both phrases that have transcended their original usage. Yeah, but. Um, my other... But the next line of the poem is the blade that was broken will be... Hang on. I'm gonna Google it so I don't fuck it up. While she's Googling, I'll give you my second Harry Potter tattoo. It is I solemnly swear that I am up to no good and then mischief managed and it's on my feet. With the little, like, map feet next to it. It's adorable. As it should. Okay. So here is the actual poem from J.R.R. Tolkien. It is, All that is gold does not glitter, 
Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the forest. Or by the frost, sorry. I had a pop-up on my phone. No, it's okay. Don't judge. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be the blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. You're smiling because I'm sure that's a very significant line in Lord of the Rings, but like zero bearing on me right now. It's incredibly important. Yeah. It is literally that that Aragorn will become king of Gondor again. And that Isildur's blade will be reforged and he will use it to wield the armies from the mountain to free Minas Tirith. I know you're doing the hand gesture of it going over your head, but like I don't think you understand how much I love. Oh, I believe you. Lord I'm not. Rings. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just genuinely like I'm telling you like what you're saying to me is so going over my head. I'm not comprehending. So it's big deal. There's I, a trend. I believe big deal. Big deal. There's a trend on TikTok. Okay. That is, if you saw your wife, girlfriend, significant other on a street corner, oh, I know what standing you're there yelling at a stranger, what do you think the conversation is about? And I asked John, and he's like, you'd be ang- like angrily yelling at them about Lord of the Rings lore. And I can't say that he's wrong. I would agree with this. I also sent you this TikTok. What did what did uh, what did you think about my answer? My answer for those of you who did not see the text message was that Cody Brown's a good husband. <laughs> yes, I also think that you would be arguing very specific details about Harry Potter. I actually disagree with you, but go ahead. I, I think that you would, you love Harry Potter enough that, like, you would be assigning people houses and explaining to them, even if they were a random stranger, why they belonged in a specific house. Okay, that's fair. Um, Speaking of that, I also saw that someone put Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey into houses. I think I may have sent you this TikTok. Did I send you this TikTok? You did. <laughs> That Travis Kelsey is a Hufflepuff, which I, which I couldn't agree more uh, as a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Travis Kelsey I can't is a agree more. fellow Hufflepuff, a thousand percent. And Taylor Swift is a Slytherin, and I also agree. Agreed. Agreed. Like, okay, I, before the Swifties come for me, I, I like, and Melissa, I'm gonna say, like, she is incredibly smart and calculating like she's not an evil person but like that gives her all the fucking characteristics of Slytherin like it's not a bad thing in this instance truly like no she's smart and like if I was gonna give like a plausible like B option Ravenclaw no but like she is ambitious the way Slytherin is and she is very intel- intelligent and cold and calculating. Like, 
Being a Slytherin does not automatically make you evil, even if that is the way that it kind of reads in the books. But, like, there's more to the category than just what exists physically on page in those books. I do a lot of... She's a Slytherin. He is a Hufflepuff. But I also think Slytherin Hufflepuff makes makes a lot of sense. It does. Hufflepuff is just there and will bring good snacks. A thousand percent. I'd love to know. You cannot tell me Travis Kelsey's kitchen is not packed with the best snacks. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Oh, I, I he has all the best snacks. Uh huh. Agreed. I, like zero argument for me there. I so agree with this assessment. Like, I cannot even begin. To- like, just, it's it's so accurate. It really is. But also, like, in my brain, I'm trying to, like, decide where Mark falls on this. Because I am super Hufflepuff, I think. I, I'm not entirely sure where he falls. John is a Gryffindor. Yeah. See, okay, I'm I'm going Gryffindor Ravenclaw with Mark. See, I would have pegged John as a Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. but he took the Pottermore test and he was a Ravenclaw, or he was a Gryffindor. I, If so, I remember correctly, I think Mark is also a Gryffindor, according to Pottermore. So. I, I, I see it in John. I see him being a Ravenclaw. I cannot tell you how much wine he brings me. <laughs> He is very brave in a way that I am not. Like, he will call people. I don't call people. I have that millennial inability to call anyone. John doesn't. Yeah. He's brave. I'm a Hufflepuff. I want my snacks. I want my cozy blanket. Just to hang out with everybody. Pretty much. Yeah. I think... Do you, go ahead. Do you have any final thoughts on this? No, because we have been recording for an hour and forty. See, minutes. okay, guys, like we had this conversation about like I was like, you know what, we could so easily just like have a whole ass episode just talking, just talking, and she's like about what I was like, I anything, Nothing. anything, and so then we were like, you know what, we should do like a wrap up episode. This is great. We'll do this because we did the Spotify wrapped recently. It was a great idea. I totally, I'm not surprised. Hour and 48 minutes later, zero surprise face over here. (laughs) I'm just saying, um, I keep getting text messages from my husband that dinner is ready. (laughs) (laughs) So I might need to go eat that. I guess it's allowed. Anyways, on that note, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, if you want to check out what is coming up next on Mel and Jill Geek Out, I promise you we have great plans for 2024. You should go check us out on Instagram. It is Mel and Jill Geek Out at Gmail. Oh. Nope, that is incorrect. <laughs> Mel and Jill Geek Out is just our handle. No at at that symbol, except at the very beginning. If you have a suggestion of what we should geek out about next, you can shoot us an email over at jillandmelgeekout at gmail.com. 
Thank you again so much for listening. My name is Melissa. And I'm Jill. And this has been Mel and Jill Geek Out. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.